Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff! How are you doing, Jeff? I'm good. How are you, David? I'm doing well. It's uh, We had a week off there, but we're back to talk about Survivor Kagayan. We're going to be having a very special guest. Marcus from Survivor Gabon is going to be here. Uh, I had the opportunity to chat with him. Jeff, unfortunately, didn't, but... Uh, it's, uh, it's a really good interview, so be sure to uh, listen and check it out as it's coming up. But first, uh, Jeff, why don't you and I talk a little bit about uh, the episode prior to the most recent, and that would be the episode where, uh, spoiler alert, LJ got blindsided by Tony. Now, I wanted to get your thoughts on this and everything uh, and what you think of this move. Yeah, I mean, it was a. I thought it was an interesting episode. Obviously, it kind of going along with the theme of keeping even the audience on our toes this week. And I thought that episode really displayed kind of two separate personalities. Tony, who was way too paranoid all the time, and LJ, who was never paranoid, and that ended up working to his detriment. Um, but I was surprised uh, to see that happen. I didn't think, I thought it was just going to be another instance of Survivor trying to... Uh, you know, give us a decoy, but this season keeps proving me wrong. Um, as for a move, I don't think it was a good move by Tony. I think you saw this week everyone kind of starting not to trust him. Uh, if he didn't find the special idol, I'd imagine he'd be out in the next couple weeks. Now that he has it, who knows? Yeah, that special idol, I'm still not a big fan. Uh, I'm especially not a fan now that Tony has it. Uh, <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I think it's it gives too much power, and to find it this late in the game, I mean, is there any way that Tony's not in the finals now? Yeah, I mean, I could see him as someone who leaves in the final four. One thing I think that could make the special idol better is if he could give it to people, but he has to give it to them before tribal council. Yeah. Um, if and I think that was technically the rule for when they had it before in Panama and the Cook Islands. If they did that, there's a little bit more uncertainty with it. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hard for him not to make the finals, assuming he plays it. He plays it right. Well, he's in the majority alliance. Let's say he doesn't get voted out next week. Then, although he can't be voted out next week. What? There's no, he cannot be voted out next week. Well, I, let's assume no one votes for him next week. Okay. And then, so then we're at the final six. Even if they try to get him out at six, he's going to play it, and then he's in the final five. Yeah, I'd, and even then, but he's in a majority alliance. Yeah, I just think, I think he can rally and get true. I don't think there's a way that he is not in the finals. Yeah. I don't think Tony has a chance to win, though. I think Sp- I mean, Spencer and Tasha last night said they'll vote for Tony, but um, I don't necessarily necessarily believe that, to be honest with you. I, I think Tony wins if uh, Jeffra and Cass are in the finals. Sure. Maybe if Wu is, just because it, it depends on how the, the jury's feeling. I could see people like Tasha and Spencer giving it to Tony over Wu just because, like, Spencer admires his gameplay. Yeah, although, I, I mean, I agree with you completely. Trish, though, um, I think is playing an amazing social game and totally underrated. Yes, no, I agree. And that's why I didn't, I didn't say tr- if Trish is in there with Tony. I think Trish, I think Trish could, in, uh, could win and would deserve to win if she's there. And I think if Tasha or Spencer is in there, 
they they could easily win too. So I think that's four prime candidates. And then I would say Wu is a 50-50, depending on who he's in. They could vote for him just because he's likable and enjoyable. And then the other two, I, I don't think have a shot. But that's pretty impressive when we're at the final seven. We were like, you know, any of these four people could win. But Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, what do you do in the instance of a cast Jeffra? I mean, even I guess cast Jeffra Wu final four would be... Wu wins. Yeah, we win. Yeah. So, although I don't see that happening. Yeah, if somehow all the play, power players took each other out, and then there just happens to be Cass, Wu, and Jeffrey in the final three, I, I gotta say it would be a little lackluster. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But I, I think it's... Tony's uh, voting confessional. <laughs> Dude, this boat's such a big bummer, bro. <laughs> yeah. Both Tony and Spencer have a little bit of a lip to him, a little bit of bite to him. We see Tony, you know, lose his ego sometimes, and, and Spencer does it too, especially during or right after tribal council, he, when his uh, emotions sometimes get the better of him. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. You know, JML was thinking, you know, the strong favorite is is Jeremiah or is uh, Spencer and Tony, but. And now, I was thinking for the longest time it was Spencer, but I don't know. It, he seems to be in a, a really bad position. Yeah, unless the idol gets rehidden. Yeah, unless there's another idol, you know, or, you know, somehow he completely convinces Tony to screw everyone over and side with him. I just, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree. But, time will tell, I guess. Time will tell any other thoughts you had of uh, these past two episodes jeff um nothing off the top of my head that i am immediately needing to get off um Wu hurt himself they made it seem like a lot bigger deal and the the next time on than it actually was what was it like a... yeah it was perfectly fine like he, the entire confessional was oh i didn't actually hurt myself I yeah it's it a two minute scene of ow i hurt my butt <laughs> and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought there was even like a chance he was gonna get medevaced or something. I mean, and I mean he totally could have been. I mean, if you look at you know if he had landed on a branch the wrong way or if the machete had been on the ground or something, he could have really yeah. gotten hurt. Oh yeah. And uh, let's talk a little bit about Jeremiah. I, when in the talk, talk with uh, Marcus. We we barely even touched on him, and I think that's just because in this episode, we hardly even saw him, ex- except for, uh, you know, him revealing his big secret, <laughs> that he's a male model. Right, the, the, big, the big elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we didn't get to see much from him, so I was actually a little surprised that he left. I was thinking, you know, I'll, maybe they'll use the idol right, Wu's going home, but... Yeah. Uh, well, and I think it, it kind of displays why maybe Tony's move was so stupid last week. Maybe it should have been a week later, um, and they should have gotten rid of Jeremiah, flipped Jeremiah and LJ, so that way they could split the vote still. And yeah. that's something I was thinking about last week as well when it happened was, you know, when you're at a five-person to three-person alliance, you don't have the option to split the vote, you know. Yeah. They could do it. 
And uh, I thought that they were going to see the dividends because Jeremiah wasn't shown. I mean, he only had, I think, one confessional the entire episode. Um, he wasn't really visible at all. Yeah. I mean, he won the rewards. So that makes him a little bit visible. But, yeah, I was surprised to see him go as well. Yeah. But uh, I, I'd still say I'm really enjoying this season. I know there's, you know, Tony's a little polarizing. I know there's quite a few people that are sick of him and just want him to go. I, I enjoy having him on. I do root for the underdog, so I wouldn't like to see him just control it all the way to the end. But I'm I'm okay with him being on the show still. Yeah, I don't want him to see. I don't want to see him win because I feel like that'll just and everyone's gonna come on Survivor and just be crazy all the time. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Especially when you have Jeff Probst like shoving it down your throat, like in order to win this game, you have to make big moves. Yeah. Like no. How many people have won the game without making a single huge, like, game-changing move, but just stuck with, like, played a straight-down-the-middle game? Yeah. Let's have someone a little more rational and, and uh, you know, logical win. Maybe Cass, you know, maybe have her win. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I mean, there's not really any good choice this season, only because everyone's so crazy, but... Um, I mean, watching crazy people play Survivor's fun, but I don't think anyone's playing uh, a strategic game that's really going to be one for the books. I think retroactively, people may, you know, project a good strategic game onto some of the people in Kagayan, but I think if you actually look at people's sentiments towards, like, Tony, let's say Tony wins. If you look at people's sentiments towards Tony, I don't think Tony's playing a good social game. And he may be playing a good strategic game, but in my mind, the social game and the strategic game are one and the same. I could be completely wrong, but I've, I that's just I that's how I personally feel. I, I don't feel like people are actually going to want to vote for him. So. I think Tony's playing a decent social game. He's not the greatest. I wouldn't say he's really good at it, but I mean he's not awful. He still has relationships. He still has people that. Uh, you know, he's close to, he's, he's cocky, but he's not, he's not total, you know, demeaning like Russell Hance was. So, <laughs> I, I think if he's up there against Trish, you know, or, you know, Tasha or Spencer, I think they have better social games that they're, they're going to win. But I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think he's like one of the worst social games ever. Yeah, but I mean, even when you look at the jury's faces last night when Spencer kind of asked him, I don't know, Spencer said something like, what's in your bag of tricks, um, and mentioned that Tony had backstabbed people. Tony's like, oh yeah, give me one example of a lie. <laughs> and the entire jury's like looking around like, are we just not, are we invisible over here? Like, what's going on? Um, well, especially Sarah. I think Sarah really doesn't like Tony. Yeah, so. well, and that's because... Well, now he's trying to make it seem like he didn't do that. All right, you gotta own up, Tony. Every single person in the game knows that you've sort of backstabbed and and done that stuff. So that I I that was a faux pas. I I would totally agree. I think I don't think the faux pas was backstabbing. I think it was making it seem like oh I'm not <laughs> I'm innocent. You, you in some sense they'll respect you more if you do own up to it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So he should have said, yep, you know, I, I have, uh, you, he should have said one of the lines, you know, like, 
I have betrayed certain people, gone over to certain people, but you know, there's people that I'm loyal to no matter what, or something, you know, something like that. Whereas opposed to the whole, give me an instance. Well, now you, that's just that's, that's just opening a can of worms you don't want. <laughs> but right. Well, I mean, it's the other to to downplay the promises that you broke is to downplay those people's existence in the game, right? To claim that those weren't important is to tell those people that they are not important. And I just think that's not a sustainable strategy in the long run. Yeah. Well, should we uh, should we get to the interview with Marcus? Absolutely, I'd love to hear it. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Marcus from Survivor Gabon. All right, we now have Marcus back on the podcast with us. We're really glad to have you back, Marcus. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, man, it's great to be here. Looking forward to making a run out of here. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been up to lately since we've talked uh, to you? Well, I've been in Cincinnati for the last couple of years. Um, in fact, we're we're actually this is the second year I've been here, and we're looking forward to doing the uh, Reality for Diabetes um, charity event coming up here soon, in a couple of months. So, awesome. welcome everybody to come up here and hang out with me a little bit. And other than that, I do uh, anesthesiology every day, so put people to sleep and wake them up. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> yeah, a little survivor challenge every day. There you go. All right. Uh, well, let's get uh, talking about this most recent uh, season. What were your thoughts of this initial twist when you heard it of the whole brains versus bronze versus beauty thing? Well, it, it, it's funny because it reminded me of other times in Survivor seasons. Uh, my favorite, which is the season Yule one, where they, you know, they've done races, they've done age, and I was like, okay, this this is going to be you know one of those quintessential stigmas that people come in with. And the the thing that I thought was interesting about this season is that. They separated it based on, you know, physical, mental, and, uh, and well, some more physical, but physical <laughs> beauty. I, it, I feel like Survivor is one of those games that isn't really defined by those three things. And so um, it makes for an interesting thing to discuss. But in reality, anyone who's a real fan of Survivor knows that you have to have some combination of those three things to last 39 days or really any portion of the game. So I wasn't really beguiled by that grouping at all. And... Certainly not surprised that, you know, the beginning of this season, definitely the uh, the brains just looked horrendous to the point of making me embarrassed for them. Yeah. Well, and, and I've always said the key to winning survival is actually your social game, you know, how well you're yep. able to interact and, and be friendly and just be nice to people. And that's sort of not defined in any of the three. You can have a great social game and be in the beauty of the brain or the uh, brawn. Yeah, well, you know, in some ways, I actually thought it was kind of fitting that Brains has so much trouble in the sense that, you know, tend to be the nerdier group of people, like the less social skills. But realize, you know, the beauty side, too, is also interesting because it's almost like in these extremes of characteristics, you you lose the social abilities. And it's really the people who kind of mold whatever quality they have with the social game that are doing the best. And so it's almost like... You know, those are the people that are, and those are those are the people that are still in the game. They're they're pretty, but they're a little bit more, you know, maybe not smoking hot in some ways. Although I do think Jeffers is pretty cute, but <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, you have someone who's sort of like Morgan, who was the definitive just beauty, and uh, right. it didn't really get her the anyway anywhere. Yeah, it's just... like if you rely, it's, it's almost like they're giving you a hint. Like if you rely too much on this characteristic you're not going to do well in Survivor. And, and I think that that's something that all of us have been on the show. It's like, 
you know, what did I fall back on while I was out there that, you know, has always been a, an attribute for me at home, but on this show is actually tends to be something you get, if you get hung up on it, you're going to do worse than if you just keep in mind how to be kind of the everyman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about, you know, the most recent episodes, but before we do any, uh, any standout people from the, uh, the early part of the game <laughs> for you? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know how early, like, you know, I was a fan of LJ just because I feel like he had my fate on the show, which is, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's gun gung ho for him. He's in a good place, feels like he's playing a good game, and then just kind of all of a sudden his game abruptly ends. And uh, so I have to say I was a little partial to that. I thought Cliff Robinson was going to do awesome because he's like jacked for an old dude. So <laughs> I thought that was going to be a, a crazy person to have in there. And, you know, it's always funny when he's like doing the basketball part of the basketball challenge. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, right up his alley. So. That, there's some fun stuff, and, and I mean, I think they've they've done some really interesting character selection with this new group. I mean, there are some intense personalities, so I'm glad to see a few people go. But uh, you know, yeah, LJ was kind of my—I don't know—I guess I had him kind of picked to do to do well. Or I wanted him to do well, maybe live vicariously through him. Yeah, I was a big fan of LJ. It's sort of that the thing of you know, he—he's—I think he said it on the show after the merge, people are just gunning for the you know physically strong you know right. bright guys and yeah it, you know again it's like like i think you rely on that so much and i'm sure he does in real life and it gets him does really well and i think at the beginning of the game your personality is what gets you through and those skills do but it's that post-merge or that near merged time when if you've done too obvious a job and you're not thinking fast enough you're going to be the first one to go and you know it's funny because people call it blind sides but it's almost getting to the point now where every season that character gets kicked off like yeah. in that time so i don't think it's that surprising when that happens it's just kind of a shock to everyone and i you know i put myself in that same category since it happened to me too yeah yeah well this season actually the biggest surprise was this is the first time in survivor history that after the merge two women went out in a row you know usually oh. they get the males right away this time I they didn't, i didn't think about that they waited a, right. a couple turns before they turned on them but yeah they had to go though <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> those were those are strong personalities that have yeah. to leave it. Yeah, um, what do you think of the whole uh, Sarah and Cass thing? Well, I I don't know. I struggle a little bit with saying too much about each of these characters because, again, there's so much that happens behind the camera. And people get really frustrated about these, these certain relationships or interactions. And, you know, people don't think too high of Cass. And, and it's just it's so difficult to know what was really going on behind the scenes. And we're only catching like the very tip of this iceberg and, and they're going to play it up in a way to make it seem like so much worse than it was. I, I just, I, I really, it was like, you know, I, I, it, I struggled to make too big of a, of a conclusion with those people. Yeah. Uh, it's too easy to do. It's, it's just, um, you know, very, very challenged to see what, you know, what would I have done in that situation? And more importantly, like what is the other stuff that's getting discussed when we're not, when we're not there. Yeah. Yeah. Strategically, did you think it was a good move for Cass to switch? So I've, I've debated this a lot because of, <laughs> you know, I've always wondered, like, my my game has always been, like, you stick with your tribe, you develop these really strong bonds. The way the game is getting played, just because there's so many idols, there's so many, uh, you know, tribe switches, and there's three tribes, so there's even more divisiveness between the groups. So there's so much of that that I think you, you're 
your best bet is to just jump into the chaos. Like, like it's one of those big plastic ball machines. Like if you try and like work your way in, no, you just, you just got to jump in there. And that's the way that this game's getting played. And I, and I honestly think, you know, if you, if you sit back and just kind of stick to your bonds, like you're, you're going to get run over in this game in this particular season, not necessarily in survivor in general, but, but definitely the way that things are going right now, it, it seems like, you know, I think anybody who's flipping, I mean, even Tony Switch, everybody thought was crazy last week. I mean, I think it was the right idea because he's keeping everyone on their toes and the shows and the producers are keeping everyone on their toes too. So he's playing to match the, the intensity or the, the, the frenzy that Survivor is this season. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of unpredictable players this season, all the way from Jatia to, uh, to Tony now. Uh, you have... I mean, your season had some quite a few unpredictable people. How do you deal with those people? How do you go on the island dealing with these people that you never actually know, you know, what they're going to do? Yeah, well, you know, I've, I've read a couple of the blogs, and, and there's the prevailing sense that, I mean, for those of us that are out there, like, you're doing everything you can to keep things as predictable as possible. So mm-hmm. I want people around that I can trust, not not trust in the sense of, like, babysit my my dog it's more like i trust that the next decision you're going to make is one that i could like figure out somehow it's somewhere in my ballpark and when you have people like jatia and i mean tony's doing it a little bit but it's sort of like his mo so even he is more of a trustworthy individual mm-hmm. in the sense that you can kind of guess what his what his routine is going to be but yeah it's, it's some of these people when they're so volatile like that susie was one of those people in our season even though she didn't really look like it you just and um well, I, we we I, yeah we had several, but but <laughs> the bottom line was you just you couldn't wait to get rid of them because mm-hmm. you you just you, you couldn't sleep well at night not knowing where they were going to be ten minutes from now. And not only that, like you got to understand when you go you go do these interviews, you sit in the jungle for two hours and they're asking you questions about your strategy. Do you trust this person? You trust when somebody's volatile. They might go into the interview thinking one thing, but coming out of it, the types of questions they've been asked has them in this totally different direction. And so you just literally don't know who you're dealing with from one minute to the next. And in Survivor, that's that's just miserable. And it's so hard to you know plan or strategize anything. And I, I personally know that what happens, though, is that then it comes down to tribal council. You say, well, everybody hates this person, right? So like nobody wants to be around this unfreaking person. So they're there's they're a shoe and they're so easy to, to get out later that we might as well get them out. Yeah. Problem is that's how they stay in this far into the game and then they start wreaking havoc because eventually their vote is such a big proportion of any uh, you know any any group that's working together that they have a huge sway and when they swing it's it just takes one to swing now instead of per, previous to this you know yeah. it might take two or three to make a vote change. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely uh, causes a lot of a. Uh chaos and turmoil and and you you gotta can you give a sense of what the paranoia like is then just being there in camp and surrounded by all this yeah i mean it you know we had every three days you know you're gonna be voting somebody out and you know a lot's gonna happen and you know you're you're playing against you know an unknown style of production so are we gonna have a flip are we gonna mix tribes like you know, what's the reward going to be? And and so you're, you're trying to balance and manage that part of the game. And then when you have somebody who's unpredictable, like you go through an experience that you feel is going to gel your group. Like like our Onion Alliance, man, it feels really solid. 
we just went through this, like, we just totally killed this other team, this is going to be awesome. And then all of a sudden you come back and you start realizing, like, this one person is just a totally unstable human being, and it's like, in spite of all the, the really great signs and that, that need for reassurance that we all have, this person just, they're so needy for that reassurance that they can't even see it's right in front of them. So, like, my mom used to say, like, when I was really hungry as a baby, she'd, like, have the bottle in my mouth and I would cry and I didn't, like, I wouldn't even realize she's trying to feed me. And it's sort of like that feeling when you're out there because you're like, man, I'm trying to give you all the assurance that, and you've got all the assurance you need. And I still can't get you to realize that. And that's when you realize, like, you're just dealing with this total, like, hand grenade. It's the hot potato in the group. And there's several hot potatoes this season, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Tony and how he's playing the game? You've mentioned him a little bit. Tony, you know, I don't know. It depends. Everyone's a different fan of Survivor. Some people love the the turmoil. I, I've always loved just, like, the, the intelligent play and stuff. And Tony is just... Um, He's an interesting combination of character because I think he's everyone says he's crazy. I think he's a little bit. He's got a little Russell Hands kind of uh, you know uh, shtick to him. He sounds like Pitbull when he talks, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> I, I want him to say Mister Three Hundred Five at some point just to hear what that would sound like. But you know, he's what he's done well, and I don't know if he's doing this on purpose. You're talking you talk about the social game, but if you meet a lot of the winners, there there's something about the way that they interact with humans, like and probably animals, I don't know, but, but at least humans, that they, they have a really good, there's like this vibe that they pick up from what's going on. And I don't know if Tony's like this in real life, but he has picked up the, the vibration of the game, the way, not just the way that people are playing it, the way that, that the production is putting the game together. And so he, he has embraced the chaos of this season of Survivor and wholeheartedly done that in a way that, I think it puts him in a really strong position. I, I don't know if it puts him in the position to win the game, but I feel like it puts him in the position to get to the final three. Like, he could do the hand move of getting to the finals all day long, and he may be playing that game. The thing is, he's not as, as I think, mean-spirited in the game as as anyone with the name Hans, basically. But I, I think he's... So, so that may help him at the end. And, dude, this idol he's got is... I mean, I, I'm, my head exploded when I read what it was. I mean, it's uh, yeah, what I wouldn't give it to have at that. That's better than that's better than winning immunity in the in the last challenge. I oh, mean, yeah. to me, it's yeah, it's the ultimate it's the ultimate weapon. I mean, everyone for every season of Survivor has always wanted someone something like that, and he's not only sitting at the top of Crazy Town, but he's you know he's got that in the back pocket. I mean, I. I I feel sorry for everyone who's playing against him right now. Yeah, yeah. I think with that, he's almost guaranteed to make it to the end. I mean, he has the majority alliance, and even if they somehow flip the script on him, he can't get out anyways because he'll play the idol and, and won't get out. So then he has, you know, the the whole next time. Essentially, they have to vote him out twice. Right, and and you know he's got the option. I mean, he's a physical human being, so he's got the option to win yeah. uh, some immunities. What I think he should do if he knows the seasons well enough, like one of the things uh, Yule Kwan did and why he was my favorite player, I mean, super smart guy, but he played his idol as leverage against Jonathan Penner, against mm-hmm. really everybody towards the end. And so the thing was is it wasn't even a super idol. So it wasn't, it was just a regular old idol, but he used it as leverage to help push people to vote the direction he wanted to. 
And and literally all he Tony has to do now is tell the right people what he's got in his hands and basically say, you know, all I have to do is write your name down. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it doesn't matter if all you guys vote for me because you're going home. So if you don't vote for me, then basically or vote with me, then you know, you're you're the next one on the block, period. So and the numbers are small enough now to where he may not have to do that and just save it. But I would, you know, once you get to the final five, you know, he's a lock to get to the final three with that thing. There's yeah. just no no way around it. And, I mean, to be fair, my mind is still blown as, how, as, as to how he found it. I, I'd love for another survivor who's had that scenario of randomly blind luck finding an idol, more or less. Because, I, you know, looking at where he was digging, I mean, it's not even in, like, the middle of the roots. It's just, like, literally in this <laughs> random place. And it's buried in the dirt. So... You know, it's, it's, I, I can't remember how many times I would have been left alone with a camera person just running around with an idol, knowing that there's idols out there. Like, I, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't a possibility in our season because we didn't have idols buried at random. But I'm just, I'm, you know, I, it's hard to, it's hard for me to imagine somebody leaving him alone that long so he could find something. It's, it's my mind is still kind of trying to wrap itself around that one, but. Yeah, apparently it, I uh, heard an interview Jeremiah was doing today, and he said, you know, he and a lot of other people besides Tony were all looking for this idol and and doing searches, and that just happened to be one place that they didn't look, and and he did. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, just, you know how how deep to dig, stuff like that. I mean, that when you're out there, like I I don't want you guys to think that this is like oh, well, it's just tree. Like there's a thousand <laughs> trees like that. Like yeah. there's a thousand trees. There's a thousand tree roots. There's Ten inches of dirt to dig in, and there's there are two inches of dirt to dig in. There, you know, the the possibilities are it's so endless. And what all we're seeing is like the one, tr- the two trees they show him looking under. Like, yeah, it, you know, and you saw the first one; he just barely looked. Like, how? What, what if it had been well buried under that one? You know, and yeah. so so that's what I, I find just overwhelming. Having been out there, in the sense of how grand your surroundings are, you know, I, again, more power to him. Literally, it. it it's it's a huge thing for him to have in his hands. I mean, it's to me, it's the guarantee of the final three. The question is, is how he plays it the rest of the way yeah. to make it look good enough for him to win, win a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's all about you know <laughs> helping uh, decide who who goes there with you, so you have the best shot. But. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Spencer? He's probably the other big sort of gameplay character this season. Well, Spencer's uh, an interesting guy because he's he's certainly like smart. Cochran-esque in a slightly nerdy sense, but I think he's a less, a little less self-aware of his nerdiness. So Cochran played it really well in terms of like, yeah, this is me, and he had a little self-deprecating humor and stuff. And I think Spencer's quite as aware of it, but he he's certainly positioned himself fairly well. I mean, he he's not great socially, but he's I think he is uh, benign enough for people that they're not really, you know too worried about him i know people have mentioned like in this last episode you know he's he's a threat and he can do well physically like we need to do something about it uh the thing i don't feel like he did well was and this might be like the the brain side of him he's like like me I can, i'm very cautious about really stepping out and pushing the envelope so when they're in tribal and he's starting to call tony out a little bit uh you know i'd like to see what kind of tricks you have and then he plays his idol but he doesn't play it to really, it's just too conservative an attempt. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, you know, he's trying to win the Olympics and diving, and he does like a belly flop. Like it, it was a good try, but he just didn't put it out there. Like he could have flashed his, you know, it would have been the kind of thing where it's like you really want to call a guy like Tony out who's playing hard, 
like you've got to really goad his ego. You've got to you got to pull the, your idol out and be like, well, I've I've got the only idol that that is you know worth playing around here. So I like to see what you know you can do about that. Um, you know, maybe get him Tony to pull out that. I don't even know what he pulled out a fake idol or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I really you know I I don't think Bob made a pretty good fake idol in my season, but but it really wasn't that good. I mean nobody's <laughs> nobody's really fooled by stuff like that. So. It's like he's trying, but I just I'm not sure that he's you know pulling it off enough. And then you know, unfortunately, he I think he he blew his only opportunity to make a really strong play at this tribal by just it was just a limp attempt to be honest. So yeah, yeah, I wonder what would have happened if he would have just held it out and said, "Look, I have the idol," you know, showed it to everyone, and then they're scrambling, or maybe right. they're not scrambling, and that tells you, oh, they're not voting for me anyways. So then right. you know. Well, I mean, as long as you can play it, you know, he he could easily have done what Tony was doing, like offer to switch, offer to do this, you know, to play up a vote and see if you can at least stir up some trouble. Because if you can prevent them from getting one good vote in, then you've you've up, turned turned the game over. Oh, and yeah. this what happened with this idol was like, yeah, it got him through one tribal council, but you know, I don't I don't know if it's enough to get him any further. And yeah. now that they know, not only. That he had that he had one, which that having an idol always makes you a target, and people don't forget like, oh, well, he had an art, an idol, and oh, he didn't play it for me. Like, you know, there's there's all these different directions now that people have to attack him with it, and you know, based on the preview for next week, like if he's gonna go after Tony, like I, I hate to say, he's playing with a pretty short deck right now. Yeah, yeah, the the cards are definitely stacked against him right now. Yeah, but. Um, what did you think of the whole uh, Jeffra and her flip flopping? And do you think she chose the right one to go with the, the five? Well, I, I mean, Jeffra, uh, she's super cute, and I think that's helped her out. She's like a really nice person to have around, and 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 yet I don't see her as like a huge strategist. Uh, she's kind of at the the end of her like nice rope, I guess. I, I don't know that at this point. She's she's just not a very strong personality, and so her getting all huffy. I think people are only keeping her around because she's fairly benign again. So I, I'm not sure that she's going to really do anything except upset people when she's saying, "Oh, oh it's just really annoying." Like, okay, well, that's a pretty weak argument in the context of like this game for a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are a lot of annoying people. There's a lot of annoying things. Uh, we need to do something more about that. But you know, I think. To, to, to her credit, what makes her able to keep going in the game is that she doesn't get so vehement about her opinion that you know she's just going to stick to it, come hell or high water. And that's yeah. what I think cost a lot of people early in the game. Um, you know, Trish had a good point when she told her, you know, people who vote based on getting annoyed over somebody tend to tend to get voted out. And you know, I think that that's the cool thing about the season is it's actually been really instructive I think for anyone who plays Survivor and even reflecting back on my experience and it's like yeah you know when you get really frustrated about having somebody around you kind of hone in on that and you can't break out of it then you end up getting sucker punched at some point and uh, to, to be fair Jeffra has avoided over committing to any of her emotions I just don't think that anyone would give her a million dollars because yeah. at some <laughs> point you're, you're riding coattails all the way back and you know that's a lot of what Survivor is about getting towards the end well, and and I think she she has a good shot of making it to the end, just because as we saw, you know, even in her loved uh, 
loved one's letter. It was she was saying, you know, I know you're not good at lying or you don't like to lie. Her mom said that. And you could tell, like, she came back and she told her group, oh, yeah, you know, she essentially told them what happened and I wanted to get Tony out. And then they talked about the wife. So then she goes to Jeremiah, yeah, I'm not going with you guys anymore. And she's, like, she's completely honest. And, right. and you can see that as a huge fault, but I think that's why everyone else is keeping around saying, you know, we know that she's not going to do anything, you know, yeah. without telling us. Yeah, I mean, she's basically fairly harmless in, in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, nobody's going to necessarily miss her when she's gone, but, you know, for now, she's kind of hanging out. I mean, I, I love people like Chelsea. I, I love her to death. She's like literally one of my favorite people. Um, you know, a lot of people feel like she kind of just hung out with Kim Kim God, I have great Kim Kim is also my favorite I'm sorry Kim if you heard this <laughs> I apologize I love you um, but it's there's always that nice person and I think that that's kind of part of what Survivor is and they always get really close to the end and if they're in the finals people always say things like why are you even here and you know that's I think kind of her role at this point in the game so yeah and I thought it was very somebody always gets really upset when you get the, the family letters. I actually have mine right here. So oh, nice. They're pretty, they're pretty awesome when you have uh, those moments. Bob was the one in our season who was just like <laughs> puking tears. It was hilarious to watch him. But yeah, it's an emotional thing. So you know, I thought that was a pretty. It's always a cool scene for me to to see that because I think it's something that is a very strong emotion. You don't expect it because you're thinking like, okay, I've gone for a month. I've done this before. But it really is like it's a pretty emotional thing. I know some people give her a hard time, but I thought it was pretty cool that she had a, a pretty strong reaction to seeing her family letters and stuff. So. Yeah, it was really funny for me because you had her, and then you had Tasha and Spencer, who were both still getting emotional, and then you just had Jeremiah there, like just look playing straight to face. Yeah, it's like Green Magazine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but he's a model, so he's a <laughs> blue steel. There you go. Yeah. Um. Another interesting is there's been some debate on the internet, you know, is is Tony the one actually control? Is or sort of Trish, uh, you know, sort of guiding him and pushing him along? And what are your thoughts on Trish and sort of her interactions with Tony? Yeah, so I, I think there's three strong players right now, and I think Tasha's one of them just because she's, she's won the last two challenges. I mean, you got to yeah. give her super credit for that. I mean, that's not easy to do towards the end. And she's playing a, a pretty solid game. I mean, I, I'm impressed with her. Trish is, like, super annoying to most people watching the show. And she, she is. She comes across as just being this, like, kind of sort of trashy person. It just Her personality just is very rough. But if there's a really astute player out there, it's her. I mean, she she picks the right things to say. Uh, she's, she's very aware of the ways to diffuse the problems. I mean, even with Trish, like, you know, she could have thrown it under the bus, but she not only acknowledged Trish's frustration, but she confronted Tony in, in, in some way and placated the whole situation. And I, I'm not sure that she's telling Tony what to do necessarily because Tony really has, he has all of the cards right now, like yeah. every single card because he has that idol. I mean, I, it, there's just, there's nothing he can't do at this point but I think that if there's anyone who's playing a better balanced strategy or, or a better game it's her and if, if it was them in the finals hands down she's going to get it because she will not have crossed anyone off the list and, and she really has played a, a, a strategy that's not it's, it's subtle but it's 
but everybody has seen it. Like, I yeah. don't think you can miss the fact that she's, you, you can't miss the fact she's playing Survivor, and she's trying to outwit people. Yeah, I, I agree. I think she's been doing really well. I mean, you, we even saw, she was the one that sort of was able to convince Cass to switch over, like it was her words. She's been able to, you know, Jeffra's about to flip. I think it was really her. She was the one that convinced Jeffra to stay. I think she's really good at seeing people and how how they're, you know, how they're reacting to things and how what she needs to do to help keep them in line with her plans. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, Survivor is a lot about balancing the the social aspect and, and, and in a just sort of interactive sense, but then also like the, the emotional underpinnings of, of how the game plays and then the playing the production part of the game, which is how you handle idols and switches and unexpected things. And, and I think Tony is phenomenal at the production part of it. Trish is really just balancing out all three of them and you know, I think it helps, um, this, this is going to sound somewhat sexist, but it helps being a female out there because you're able to balance out some of the male ego stuff a little better. And and that is certainly, um, so Trish is just doing a really good job of balancing everybody out, you know, telling the girls what they need to hear, the guys what they need to hear. And yeah, she comes across as obnoxious in some ways and that may get her somehow, but but man, she's, she's really playing a solid all-around game. Yeah. I, and I think the viewers really uh, sort of wrote her off when she had the whole Lindsay and, and that thing. But ever since that, you know, she's really, I think she's come around and, and really... And if there's anyone who who I think has the most sway on Tony, I, I, I think it's her. And I think she's even doing a really good job of, uh, you know, like when Tony blindsided them and got LJ off. You know, what was her response? That she didn't get mad and upset. She's like, okay... You know, I understand Tony. Like she, she's doing really well. Of, you know, she. I think she realizes Tony has all the cards, and she's right. doing what she needs to to make sure you know she stays with Tony. Right. And it's you know it's hard when you're like this far into the game, and, and depending on how your personality is too, like at home, like you know, I, I you know, I, I felt very tied to who I was back in the U.S. because I was a doctor, and I don't want people being like, oh, he's scummiest human being ever, taking care of humans, like you know. That's a challenge to balance out that stuff. Um, Trish has done a nice job of basically saying, I could get really upset about this stuff and these connections and the sincerity of them, but I'm not going to. And so her explanation makes no logical sense whatsoever when she comes out of tribal. Like, I mean, just like if you do the simple, like, it, it just didn't make any sense. Uh, sort of like half the answers that you hear back and forth. But what these people are doing are just basically saying, I'm just not going to acknowledge the frustration here mm-hmm. because I, I kind of see the big picture of what that's doing. And, and the end game for this person is to finish this game and their connection is, isn't necessarily like, oh, I have to show my children that I'm, you know, I'm standing up for something. And that that's part of how people choose to play the game. And, and I think that it's, it's, I used to get frustrated about that a lot more uh, that's how everyone chooses. To, you either choose to say, you know, I'm going to do this morally, ethically, and, and be consistent all the way through based on who I am at home and all those other things. Some people just choose to say, like, I'm playing this game for 39 days, and I want to do this well. And the, the thing that Trish is doing well, again, is like she's choosing not to fight at the right times. And 
that's huge. I mean, she's she's not as I've seen her play. I'm not upset at her for being spineless, where some people might get frustrated. But mm-hmm. she's just she's managing to soften out the edges a lot with the way she's doing stuff. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Wu? I think he's the only one we haven't really talked about. Uh, Wu reminds me a lot of Maddie from my season. There's always like that, like super cool kind of like dude out there, <laughs> and it's funny to hear him talk because he's just. He's sort of at this different level of chill. Um, I, I don't know how seriously people take him, and I, I think people like having him around. He, he's, the, you know, we saw him fall off the tree like last last episode, but you know, he's like the guy that people think is pretty solid and he's decent. And I'm just not sure he's sort of like a guy version of Jeffra, but people are like, or, or or shoot, even Morgan. I mean, he he doesn't have he doesn't carry a lot of weight, but he's He's there and he's making it for now. Yeah. Do I see him get to the final three? Like from an athletic standpoint, possibly, but you know, I haven't seen him like kill. I always thought he would have won the last challenge with his like surfer balance, whatever stuff. But he's fallen out of a tree and he lost that <laughs> challenge. Like you're, I'm not that impressed at this point. With yeah, his, like, his ninja skills, skills are dwindling. Pretty, pretty sure ninjas don't fall out of trees very often. <laughs> could be wrong. Yeah. Um, so, who's your pick to win, then, at this point? Uh, I've been debating this all day, because I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> um, it, it's, I, I think, at this point, it, it, it should come down... I, I would love to see it come down to Tasha, Trish, and Tony. So, a 3T final would be really interesting. Because I think you'd have a very difficult time truly picking out who the who the, the lone survivor is in that yeah. respect. I don't see Tony being able to win because I think that he has stepped on enough toes. And if it comes down to a contentious final, and there's actually a, li- a solid chance it will because Spencer's still a good player in the game. So And, you know, and Wu could be, you know, amiable enough to be... He could be like a Fabio. Right, yeah. Like, oh, we just like this guy. Here's a million bucks. Like, you know, why not? So you've got five people in there that, that could... And your votes are... You don't have that many votes. So you're going to get into a really tight situation where if you've got three contenders, you know, you're talking about two or three votes total to win Survivor almost. And that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a toss-up. That's when things get almost to the point of being, like, slightly awkward because there's going to be a row regardless of who wins. But at this point, I would probably say that if it came down to Tony, Trish, and Tasha, Tasha would win. And I, I would have I gone with Trish before, but I think that she's a little rougher, and Tasha's just playing like a pretty good game. I mean, she's likable, and she's athletic. If she wins a couple more challenges, which is probably how she's going to stay in it anyway, she's going to have a huge argument because she's played a very, very well-rounded game. Yeah, and she has the whole underdog story, you know, being on the, yeah. the bottom, not in the, the Tony 5 or whatever. And Right, exactly. And, and that's going to be huge. And it'll be curious, too, to see what Tony does in the last few weeks. Like, if his ego overwhelms the fact that he's literally got the finals on lock just about at this point, he may still want to... And that was where Russell hurt himself, because he kept... He just wouldn't let go, and he kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And if, if Tony makes that same mistake, then he'll get to the finals, but he'll be the awesomest person to go against ever, because nobody will throw a vote his direction. Yeah. And I think that can actually really help someone like Tasha because she can totally, completely cut herself off and separate herself from somebody like that. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, we there's been a lot of comparisons with Russell Hance, but I, I do think Tony has a much or uh, better social game than Russell Hance or is 
at least aware that that is part of the game. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes he lets things, like, slip out. His arrogance, his ego lets things. But he's still, yeah, I, I don't think he's nearly as much a goat as Russell who you know, would berate people as they're leaving. Yeah. And, and just... I mean, he didn't, he's not turning the screw, but it's still the singular acts, like, like kicking LJ out. It's going to be really hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. If, if LJ, like I struggle a lot. Like I don't, I didn't feel betrayed particularly by Bob, but it was just more a couple of the acts that, you know, the, the way things went down with, with some people, I, I couldn't vote in the other direction because it wasn't a strategic thing. It was just like very base. And, and I think, that's where Tony has to be careful because these big moves are great, but they can really just alienate that one person. And when we're talking about three or four votes to win, like that's it. Like that's the person you needed basically to, to win over Trish or Tasha or whoever else is in there. So yeah. you gotta he's gotta watch out for that because yeah, he hasn't like blasted everyone in the entire group, but he's definitely asked for a lot of trouble with a couple of his moves. Yeah, well, and it will come down to. You know, I think that, like we've just said, there's a lot of good uh, strategists or people actually playing the game this season. So, I mean, if for somehow, you know, he was in the the final three with Jeffra and Wu, I mean, maybe he'd have a legit shot. But if he is in there with Trish or with Tasha or even Spencer, I think they're gonna he's going to have a hard time, you know, yeah. just defending himself. Well, that's his biggest challenge, I think. If he can use his idol in the right direction... And, and he gets, I guess, lucky with immunity, um, you know, he could, he's got to work now on securing the weakest two to bring him to bring to the final three now. Yeah. Like, he's really got to flip, like you said, and, and you know, Jeffra has to be in there pretty much, like, guaranteed, and Wu has to be in there. And then he's just got to cross his fingers that he's, you know, done enough of a, of a good job of playing the game to, to make it work. And he could. If he wins any immunities from here on out, He's basically got two people that he can protect himself and one other person. He can just, you know, work the rest of the game from there. So I'll be curious to see if that happens. I highly doubt, knowing how important it is for production to do well, uh, make it interesting that, that that's going to come down to it. But man, if it does, he's gonna he's gonna just walk into the finals. Yeah. Which or or Cass, because I don't think there's a shot Cass is gonna win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. Cass is definitely. I, I even forgot about her. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That. That would be an excellent third person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cast Jeffra and Tony. Or cast Jeffra and anyone. The other person's going to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Insert winner here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, any other thoughts you have on, on this season or uh, the most recent episode? No, I mean, I think, um, you know, I've been impressed. I'm glad they've got a bunch of new people in this, this season. And I, I think, you know, they've chosen to, to make it a really – uh, lively one with a lot of changes and a lot of you know back and forth and switches and things and I think they've done a great job on the challenges they've been really interesting this year um, which is great and you know I look forward to seeing kind of how this resolves from a strategic standpoint I'm impressed that there's three or four people that are really playing the game hard and it's it's interesting to see how much more seasoned I think the fans of this show are who end up on the show like people really know this game better than even I mean we're 10 seasons out from mine so like Ten seasons ago, like yeah, we you know we watched Survivor and we kind of knew it, but man, it's just gotten so much more highly developed. It's it's truly like people are coming out there with skill sets for the game, and we're seeing that now that we're in the the last few people. Yeah, and I think you can definitely 
now, I think it was a lot harder back then to tell, oh, who's a fan and who's not. But now, like, there's super people, okay, Morgan probably was not an avid watcher survivor, but people like Tasha and Spencer and Tony, I, you know, they've seen their stuff, they know what they're, you know, yeah. they know what they're in for. <laughs> they've distilled some really important conclusions from their experience and from all the interacting they've done. And you can do that now. I mean, it's been over 10 years of this show. And so it's one of those things where it's like, there's a lot of data out there for coming out there and doing your best. And so, yeah. you know, kudos to them and kudos to the production for continuing to make a show that stays very interesting. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a, a blast uh, talking to you again. Uh, you want to, anything you want to plug or promote, uh, you want to do the, uh, the reality, uh, Think for diabetes again? Yeah, I mean, we look forward to seeing people in Reality for Diabetes, supporting the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Um, also, I'm starting a website called plantliving.org uh, that uh, basically encourages people to live the plant life, which is plant-based eating, and, uh, you know, just go out there and keep watching Survivor because it's going to get really interesting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marcus. Uh, I really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again in a future season. Sounds great. You guys take cool. care. Good night. Yep. Yeah, bye. All right, so that was my interview with Marcus. Uh, he's always fun to talk to. I think he has great insights. He's, he's really good at reading the game, and he I think he does a good job of recognizing everything uh, that's part of Survivor, both the, the actual game there but also the, the production and everything, and I think you can see that in a lot of his answers. But really good to talk to him again. I'm hoping to ha have him on again uh, in a future season, so... Uh, yeah, very appreciative. Yeah, it was fun, interesting to listen to Marcus's insights. Um, it's always good to get the insights of someone who um, really, I feel like, knows the game very well and, and can explain maybe what's going on at a better level than just other fans. He knows the game, and he he's one of those people who sort of got screwed by a twist, and so he's also very aware of you or and willing to you know talk about look there's this other thing called production and and what they're doing and that impacts the game too which i i think a lot of times we we don't always remember we're thinking oh it's the strategy it's only the people but you do have to to recognize you know all the twists and turns and everything that production is adding into the mix as well yeah absolutely and it's always important to remember that it is a game and even though the twists are planned beforehand for example um, you're at their mercy. I mean, yep. things happen. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it should be really good. We're hoping to get more Survivor guests in the future, so stay tuned for that. Uh, be sure to uh, interact with us. We'd love to hear from you guys and what you think, uh, any uh, things that you agree or disagree with, any people you want us to try to get on the podcast. We'd love to, to hear from you guys. You can do that by going on our Facebook Facebook page, David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast, or our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. Yeah, and make sure that you uh, check us out on iTunes at David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. If you would subscribe, podcast shows up on your computer every single week. You don't have to do anything. It makes it really easy. And Jeff, did you know they have an app for that? They do have an app for that. They have the iTunes podcasting app. Once again, hit subscribe. Shows up on your iPod, your iPhone uh, every week. You can listen to us while we're running. We're pretty good motivation. Um, yeah. yeah. If you run faster, the podcast will will speed up.
We should we should find a way to make that. We'll make millions. <laughs> you run really fast. We'll start just doing chipmunk voice. It'll be good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, uh, and we will be back next week. Goodbye. Bye.